This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Bullfrog Spas. Today, we are welcoming Scott Clark, owner of the Spa and Sauna Company, to the podcast. Welcome, Scott. I should preface this interview by saying that Jeff and Scott know each other pretty well, so I'll try to keep their inside jokes to a minimum. Expansion has been one of the big themes in the magazine this year, and Scott has expanded multiple times, including an acquisition this year that we want to talk to him about. But, Scott, for those of you who don't, for those who don't know your background, can you tell us how you got into the hot tub industry? I got you. Well, it's funny. I actually answered an ad, right? I was in between jobs. Um, the, I was in the car business, um, just doing finance and insurance. The previous two companies I'd worked for had both gone out of business, changed hands, changed ownership. And I had a little money saved up and, um, saw an ad that looked like it would be a fun summer job. And uh, that was 31 years ago. Who was that first job with? So it was called the Hot Spring Spa and Sauna Company in the Bay Area. The owner, John Morsey and Tony Rivera, kind of got me into the hot tub selling business. And then they went out of business about three years later. And that's when I said it may be time to do something a little bit different and control the destiny a little bit. That's such a familiar story that you hear from people in the industry, you know, oh, I needed a job and this would be a good stopgap. And, you know, here I am 40 years later. (laughs) An issue I think we still run into is that people don't think of this as a career. Um, Right. You know, it's something to do until they find something better. And our job is to show them that this can be pretty good. I agree. It's true. I feel like I even find myself thinking that way. You know, I'll talk to businesses like yours or like Jeff's and learn what their people are doing and what they're making. And I'm like, that's a career. Like, that's a good salary that someone could sustain a family on and then some. And it's like, why are we not telling the world this? <laughs> it, I, well, and, you know, hey, media makes fun of it. There are movies based on making fun of the pool guy, you know? Yep. So you started off doing sales for those guys and they went out of business. And then where did you go from there? How did you go from there to owning your own stores? When that unwound summer, it was July of 1990. And I started thinking that, you know, okay, what am I going to do now? Right. The dealership actually, we had about a week to call all our customers and, and let them know that, look, this is what's happening. You have a deposit down. If you want your hot tub, you better act now. And Amazingly enough, about a dozen or more people didn't act now. And we kind of took that opportunity dealing with a couple of the vendors. What if we opened up our own business and if it was a $500 deposit, it's worth eating that deposit to get the rest of the the profit, get the sale and um, fulfill that order. And so that kind of first dozen orders kind of came through that way. My folks actually owned some property in a pretty prime retail area, had an empty spot. So we were able to um, get a pretty decent lease and literally started with, I don't know, seven or $9,000 and a couple of credit cards I maxed out. What was the brand that you started with? Well, so it was Infinity Spas by Continental Leisure Products in Connecticut. So Jim McClure, Bob Cummers. That's funny. Yeah, those are some, those are some well-known names in the industry. You went East Coast. That's hysterical. 
Well, so, you know, I don't know if you know the story of the hot springs boss uh, in Northern California, but um, John and Tony had separated um, and took on infinity spas with Don Luke and had like 10 or 12 stores and got, you know, thrown out of the factory when they had just moved uh, Watkins from San Marcos to Vista. So it was a brand that was available, I guess, had some customers that we could get some deliveries right away. And of course, that whole deal kind of fell apart within a year or so. And we became a Dimension One dealer in 1990. Okay. Uh, or okay. 91, sorry. So um, less than a year in. So have you always owned hot tub stores since that time? Or did you did you do some other things in the industry between between now and then? So since 1990, I have been primarily in retail. Um, I had this wild fantasy around 2001 and two that uh, we were going to get out of retail, move to Reno. So we sold off our store in San Jose. Um, I was just going to do show events and we did some stuff through Costco at the time. Um, doing road shows was just going to do that, not retail. That lasted about two years. And uh, being on the road can be a challenge, especially with little kids. And so while I was home a couple hundred days a year, I was on the road 150 days a year, you know, one to two weeks at a time. And, and that can be a challenge. Yeah, that's kind of my worst nightmare right there. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, hey, with my wife, I'm like, when I'm home, I'm like literally home. And she's like, yeah, three days in, I'm like, when's your next show? Um, so there wasn't really that balance of, you know, go to work, come home, have a few days off. Early. What years with this guy? We're going back into the late 90s now? No, so this was early 2000s. So uh, we were in San Jose, California for the first 12 years, roughly, and then sold off our store locations moved to Reno, was doing, you know, uh, parking lot sales, some shows, some fairs, our Costco shows, and then, um, you know, had and a small kind of warehouse space where we stored our displays, sold a couple of U spas here and there. And in 2004, we decided to go back full-time into retail. Was there a reason that you chose Reno of all places? Yeah, I know, of all places. Um, <laughs> My wife's mom actually lived in a little town outside of Reno called Fernley, about a half hour outside of town. We have a family cabin up in Lake Tahoe. And so we'd visit, we'd go visit her. And frankly, um, it was another housing boom cycle in the Bay Area. And we were able to buy a house that was three times bigger than what we were in for, you know, less than half the price. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, that you hear that from a lot of people when they, when they move away from those, those really expensive areas. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as my, my wife's kind of history in the industry, right. Her dad owned a manufacturer. She was a rep for that manufacturer. That's kind of how we met her and her boss walked into my store in San Jose. At some point along the way, we started dating. In 99, you know, Watkins bought Caldera. She became a hot spring and Caldera rep for a brief period of time. You know, uh, we'll say events conspired to to take us to Reno. So when you guys decided to go back into retail, um, I mean, was there, did you have any options or were you pretty much, yeah, we're going to have to sell uh, a Watkins brand? <laughs> well, so ironically enough, she had signed up a Caldera dealer several years before in Reno and was of course. a standing dealer. And there was a hot springs dealer that had been a dealer for, you know, um, by the time we became a, the hot spring dealer in Reno, they had been a dealer for 35 years or close to it. So a long time. So we actually brought in another brand when we started. 
Okay. You started the Reno store from from scratch. It wasn't an acquisition. You guys just just opened up a whole new a whole new location. Yeah. So here's how crazy I am. So we decide we're going to be like the three day suit broker, and we're going to open up just on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and sell. And so that's kind of how we started. We we rented some space in the same kind of warehouse where we had our like 1,200 square feet of storage. Um, that used to be a transmission shop. And we would literally just pull up the three big doors, run a quarter page ad in the newspaper, warehouse clearance sale, right? This weekend only <laughs> and sell 10 or 12 spas in a weekend. And we're like, oh, that was easy. And then you'd be there on Monday doing the paperwork and somebody would just show up and say, hey, we were out of town, but we saw our Sunday paper. Can we still get a deal? And we'd sell a hot tub. And then you'd be there Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe loading up for deliveries for the stuff that we had sold because we were basically ordering like a truckload selling it off ordering another one and you know before you know it the, it was seven days a week just just like always right it, it went from being oh we'll do this kind of part-time have a life just run ads when we want to actually sell something and be closed the rest of the time to seven days a week and you know here what 15 years later we have five stores I was going to say, yeah, you went from that to having several stores now that are open all the time. <laughs> well, and then with, you know, with, with website and web chat, we're open essentially 24 hours a day on some level. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you for this particular podcast, Scott, is that, um, I mean, you had just opened in the last, is it, has it been in the last year since you bought the two new stores? So it was really um, January 1st, so uh, six months. Okay, yeah. So you just bought two new stores that are back in kind of the the Bay Area. So now you have stores in, in Reno and in California, and they are not near each other at all. And so I, I we interviewed you for the magazine to talking about that, and it, it just kind of fascinates me that this is the evolution that you've taken. Yeah, it fascinates me too. I'm actually in Santa <laughs> Cruz right now. I, I drove down and it was four hours. When I fly, it's about an hour. And so I do try to fly as often as possible. And, and I must say with today's technology, we can do a lot of what we do via the phone, email, computer, right? It, it's you still have to come down in person and, and do a lot of things, but it doesn't have to be every day. Mm -hmm. uh, we had talked a bunch before you did this over the last year while I was in the process of buying a company and you were in the process of doing this. Were there any thoughts like, this is crazy, I shouldn't be doing this? Yeah, every day. We still talk about it. Like, yeah. seriously, like, what are we doing? But it's it's also very fun and exciting, right? To These two stores weren't just new stores. They were Hot Springs stores from the beginning of Hot Springs. Um, they've been around since 1976 or something like that. So over 40 years. And they have a very loyal customer base. They're strong in their market. And they have a core of employees that has been around for 15 to 25 years, which was an, a, a strong appeal. Coming in and clearing house made no sense from 200 miles away. Absolutely. I mean, did you, how did it come about? I mean, did you know the the previous owners and you, were they ready to retire? Or, I mean, did you kind of hear through the, the grapevine or how did, how did you even know that this was a possibility? Yeah, it's funny. A couple of years ago, we'd heard rumblings that a, a large Northern California dealer was available and we know most of them, at least peripherally. And it, so it kind of, you narrow down the, the prospects fairly quickly. It was a unrelated email and phone call chain with 
with one of the, the folks here that about some marketing questions, cause we're pretty progressive with our, you know, CRM program and automated emails and, and they were not. So it started with some questions and kind of by the end of the conversation, it was like, you know, you and Patrick should really talk. And this was November or December of 17 by, you know, the kickoff meetings that Watkins does in January, Patrick and I had a conversation and it just kind of turned from that casual conversation. It took literally that full year to finalize everything. Cause it's like, do we really want to do this? Do we need to do this? We have three stores, but it, it, it made a lot of sense in a lot of ways. You know, we, we've been, Scott, you and I have been part of a, a group for a long time. Um, the Gemini group, how, how important was the being in Gemini? How, how much easier did that make this or make the decision easier or the way I describe that group is it's really all about best practices. How, how, how did the best practices, things that we do, are they the, are they the things that did make this an easier decision for you? Yeah. I mean, really, I can honestly say it would not even have been a possibility or even in the mindset had we not been part of Gemini between being able to talk to you and those other 15 dealers that, you know, we admire have, you know, everybody from one store to dealers that have five, six, seven stores, several now have changed hands. So we've got to kind of see some of that transition process, right. Between you and Dan and Chuck, Sue, Kelly, you know, um, just several of the dealers that have kind of bought from a longtime dealer were most part employees or part of that team for a long time. Ours was a little different in that we acquired somebody that we had nothing to do with, but without kind of that really mentoring and, and advice and just asking questions. And you know, I, one of the first things we did was talk to Dave Riley. You also put yourself in a while well, it's four hours from your store. You basically bought the business in your hometown. Is that correct? It's where I grew up. Yeah. Oh, really? That's nice. Yeah. So that was a big part of another thing that made that decision uh, easier than it would be for someone who doesn't even know that area for sure. Of course, then I get stuck in traffic and realize, oh, that's why we moved. <laughs> <laughs> so you have three stores in Reno. Were any of those acquisitions or, or did you start all of those three stores from scratch as well? Well, so we started them all from scratch. But there were, um, they were all brands that had longtime presences in town. And frankly, just they did not really have a succession plan in place. Our original store is now our warehouse. And we, we moved that you know, store five years ago to a, a much larger location that was the Sundance dealer in town for a long time. And we bought the building from them, not the business. Okay. Um, when we acquired Hot Springs, again, a longtime dealer that um, didn't really have a, a kind of an active plan to grow, right? They had just kind of had it. The kids weren't really actively um, wanting to participate. It was just time to make a change. And with their blessing, you know, we kind of took over um, the Hot Springs. So we sell three brands in Reno and and kind of all of them have had longtime presences as independent companies. And Kind of our pitch to our customers is that with our size, we can have a, you know, a bigger, stronger team. We don't have to have three separate delivery crews, three separate service teams so that we can offer better service, have a, you know, kind of a more professional, real company outlook on things. You know, Megan, there's a whole little thing that he had just discussed that is, um, it's actually a lot deeper than what he's, what he's letting on, but not having a succession plan in place and floundering puts the manufacturers in a really bad spot. 
and what I mean by that is, I, I think this is what you're saying. So some of the people, they didn't really have a plan. And I've often told people, you know, you buy a business because it's profitable um, and it makes money and you can take it to another level. But if there's a company that isn't really doing well and is floundering, it's going to be in the best interest for the manufacturer to, to terminate that dealer and go with somebody else. Um, right. Scott, is that kind of what happened? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, of course, on the hot spring side, we were already part of the Watkins family with Caldera. So at least we knew all the players. It was something that let's just say, you know, it's not normal in the Watkins family to have the Caldera dealer be much larger than the local hot springs dealer. And that was kind of the case for several years in that particular market. And because they were on the coasting side of they were getting close to their 70s and they were looking to retire, not grow the business like somebody in their 30s is just starting out. And that is interesting because, uh, I mean, that is a big problem that we talk about a lot in the magazine is is people's succession plan. And what's one of the reasons why I like to talk about these acquisition and transition stories so much is because I want to show people what some of the options are and, and get them thinking about what am I going to do, you know, in 10 years when I'm ready to retire, who is going to take over this business? And maybe I should start working on that now. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you don't figure it out, the manufacturer is going to figure it out. Yes, because they have without you. Yeah, exactly. And that and and yeah, so those things are yeah, they're very important. But that you put yourself in a great spot there in Reno. What are the three brands you're selling there, Scott? Well, so we sell hot springs in two stores and we sell Caldera in two stores and then we have Sundance in one of the stores. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you carried all your brands in all of your stores, but you've got them spread around so you're sort of your own competition. Yeah, so we we market them as as separately as we can. So they're they're the names of the stores are all slightly different. And say so the Sundance store also sells Caldera. We have one standalone hot spring store, and then we have a Caldera hot spring store. And it is amazing how we do get different people through the doors. You know, our goal, of course, is if you're going to go shop, shop one of our other stores. The kind of entry point into our company comes through all three of those doors differently, and we don't know exactly why. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, certain keywords and searches and just uh, maybe referrals and friends that bought from that particular salesperson, they may drive past two of our stores to get to that other store. It, it is amazing. Yeah, that's re- that is really interesting, especially because, I mean, Reno's not a small market, but it's not huge either. So you wouldn't expect to see quite that much of a difference. <laughs> no. And, and you know, it's, um, well, let's just say we sell more spas with three stores than we did when we had one. But so it's, you know, it would, no matter how much marketing you do, you're not going to get everybody regardless, but it is interesting how so far the approach has worked. You know, who knows if there's another downturn like 2008, we may be down to one store across everywhere. Hopefully not. Um. (laughs) We're shooting for a nice soft landing. Yeah, exactly. So with these two new stores, um, I mean, I know it's only been six months, but how has it been going and how have you been going about trying to kind of integrate them into the rest of your company? You know, they're new to us, right? But again, they're so they're longstanding stores, you know, on their own, they were definitely a top tier Watkins dealer. So some of the benefits, if you will, like there are, you know, certain volume programs and things that, that you can get now kind of translate across all of our stores. The 
marketing department, you know, basically was able to just kind of plug in these two new locations. So we didn't have to hire extra people to handle, you know, kind of marketing and lead follow-up. And so there's some synergies and, and some benefit that plugging in the extra two stores were fairly seamless, right? We were able to make some benefits on the sales side of things fairly easy. It, it's really just establishing for now, you know, and still six months in establishing trust, right? There's some longtime employees here. They don't know us just because we knew the former owners doesn't mean we knew all their employees. So it's, it's just coming down and, and really FaceTime and getting them to trust us that we're not trying to undermine them, that we're trying to help and make their jobs easier, not harder. And then it's integrating accounting systems and mm -hmm programs and whether it be Evisys, which we use and, and they use, but we were on different versions. And literally just in the last several weeks, we've been able to now convert both companies to the same platform. There are two stores down here. One of them has kind of the same VOIP phone systems that were on up in Reno, but the other one is still two weeks away. You know, so just kind of updating some of the systems and processes is something that we'll be doing for the rest of this year. Sure. Do you think that your culture, I mean, cultures are different and, and you can respect the different cultures that are out there with the culture that the former company had and your culture. Are you seeing any of that crash or are you seeing that that's all part yeah, of that I mean, building trust? We try not to step on too many toes all at once, right? Not just dictate or push our philosophies on people who have been doing it 25 years. Um, we like the phrase, I heard it today, even it, it's not bad, it's just different. And so the retraining, you know, there's some really good things that they did that is like, oh, it's like being in Gemini. It's like, wow, we've never thought of that. We should start doing that in Reno too. And then hopefully vice versa, right? Um, for us, a lot of the efficiencies are different. Example I like to use, right or wrong, good or bad is when we came in, they were hand doing payroll every week. Very time consuming. Oh my. Um, but that's just the way it had always been done, right? Not bad, just different. That was probably one of the first things we did was automate payroll. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that that would be, um, I can't imagine doing that. And I have like five employees. <laughs> and so, so now, I mean, just imagine, so between the combined companies, we're at about 50. And that kind of, you know, all of a sudden we had to set ourselves up to go from being a small business that could fly under the radar for certain government regulatory things to go, okay, if we're at 47 employees, by the end of this year, we're going to be over 50. We better start doing sensitivity training and different things that we need to um, be prepared to jump the next tier on the federal side of things. Sure. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't even think about that, but that does, you do suddenly qualify for a lot of other things that you have to kind of be on the lookout for. Things I didn't even know were an issue. <laughs> I'm Scott, sure. I, Scott, I just got my certification and sensitivity training. So if you need me to come out there and help you, just let me know. Well, it's so funny. So we do a quarterly meeting. They hadn't really done meetings like that in a long time. So like, you know, the First thing we did is, you know, there were a series of safety slides that we had to do and uh, sexual harassment training and things that are mandated, even though we don't officially hadn't hit that threshold yet. It's like, you know what, we might as well train our brains to think this way. So let's do it now in case we do it wrong. Right. 
it's kind of interesting because I feel like sometimes, you know, you hear about when someone buys another company or other stores and the stores are kind of like not in great shape. And so they're excited because they can come in and make lots of changes and turn them around. But that doesn't sound like that's really the case with you guys. Like, it sounds like they were a pretty decent business that was doing well. Are there changes that you want to make? I know there's some things that you need to integrate, like we were talking about, but there are there some things where you're like, you know, I really like to be able to, to do this or that with these two stores. As Jeff knows, I'm pretty progressive when it comes to change, right? If I hear a good idea, let's see how we can integrate that into our system and program. I think I asked Jeff a question via text just yesterday or the day before. And so we're always looking to change and, and really get better, right? It's part of the Gemini best practices. Where are inefficiencies? Where can we make them more efficient? Well, I have some bold plans that, that we feel, okay, the realities sometimes slow me down and, and we've had to you know, okay, well, let's focus on what we really need to do. For us, it was, what can, how can we unleash the sales team's potential, right? Find ways to say yes, as opposed to say no. So if we, you know, we figured if we could get the sales team to buy in, we see improvement sales, their morale is good. Then we can kind of shift gears and focus on the, you know, the next phase, right? Some of the processes, the paperwork things, they were, they were doing a lot of things manually. Excel spreadsheets and you pick and choose your battles, right? It's um, certain things can wait. Didn't you already move a store? Yeah. Well, so that was a, so we bought the business knowing that one of the stores was on a short-term lease. Oh, okay. Um, our goal was to try to get one to two years and then focus on moving it later. Kind of, you know, in, let's integrate the cost companies first. Let's figure out exactly everything. And then um, it became very apparent very quickly that uh, they have other plans for that space that didn't involve us. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get anything more than a month to month lease on the extension. Literally one month into that extension, we gave our 60 day notice and we uh, just moved. So I've spent a lot of time down here in the Bay Area and, and it is much easier, Megan, to open a new store than it is to move a store that's been in the same location for 25 years. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing I wanted to ask you. Since you've done both, acquired an existing business and started stores from scratch, I was wondering if you had an opinion on which was which was more difficult. <laughs> the, the blank slate, getting to do all the cool new stuff, that's fun. Especially if you can just order a truckload of spas and bring them in. Taking everything out of the old store, cleaning it up, getting it ready to turn over to the landlord again, and then just dealing with the customers who've been coming there and how to, you know, making sure the marketing plan is there, making sure that there's a sign on the door that just tells the customers that we moved. Because, you know, no matter how much we market, all the emails, the postcards you send out, there's still going to be somebody who just says like, where did you go? I thought you went out of business. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, that's a good point. There are a lot more moving parts when you're moving from one to the other versus just opening something fresh. (laughs) Yeah. And so a lot of that, you know, got down to a lot, you know, just really uh, having to be here and my kids don't know who I am anymore. (laughs) I'm in the Bay area, but I'm not in the Santa Cruz store either. I'm like literally setting up a new store. So if having a business is one job and buying a business is a second job, moving a store was like having a third job for 90 days. Yeah. And it happened so quickly after the purchase. That sounds it sounds kind of stressful. The plus side, though, is that new store has kind of our signature all over it. It really mm-hmm. helps cement the ownership side of it. All of a sudden, that's ours. Yeah. Um, and so there is, from my perspective, a lot of good that ultimately comes out of that. It really kind of, okay, this is real. It's not just us coming in and, you know, writing checks and collecting money. It's all of a sudden, no, this is our store. This has us written all over it. It's really in our style. And there, there's some positives there as well. 
Yeah. Do you think you'll open more stores in the future or is that hard to even consider at this point? <laughs> it won't be tomorrow. <laughs> but one of the you know, one of the opportunities that we saw with opening uh, or purchasing the new stores was they really dominate the Santa Cruz market, right? Santa Cruz County, it, they've done a great job. That's where they started. That's where most of the employees live. And San Jose, they opened up when the company I started out with went out of business. So they moved over the hill really in 1990 to the hot spring store I worked for went out of business. It was always kind of treated as a secondary location. I know the potential of that market because we were there. And so our, our growth will really be focused in Santa Clara County. And really, we feel that there is an opportunity for one to two more stores there with the okay. traffic congestion. And we moved eight miles away and the customers that were close to that store are bitching and moaning because it's so far away, right? Eight <laughs> miles can be 45 minutes in traffic, or it can be 15 minutes with no traffic. For sure. It doesn't sound like very far, but it can feel a long ways away. <laughs> it is interesting. So it's, you know, at some point, you know, our five-year plan, if you will, is at least one more uh, location in, in Santa Clara County. Yeah. This is something I've, that I've been thinking about lately, just with my own employees and technology, because you, in some ways, you have so much access to them through email and, you know, cell phones and text messages. And I've kind of had this internal struggle within myself lately, where it's like, where do I draw the line? Like, at what point is it not okay to text your employee, <laughs> you know, about something? Now that you're managing people who are so far away from you physically, are you kind of having a hard time? You have well, a lot of ways to communicate with them. How do you, how do you do that <laughs> we tend to be you know whether it be lead follow-up or just things it's kind of you know as soon as that comes in we're wanting to respond because that's when the customer responded and and culturally part of it's california in general i mean you know they're talking about enacting rules that employees can't be emailed on their days off and mm -hmm. after hours and that's quite foreign to us and it's something that we try not to abuse it you I guess, ask permission and you kind of, you learn pretty quick who you can text and email at eight o'clock on a Thursday night and it's their day off and, and those that, you know, it's just best to wait. <laughs> um, but it really, we haven't gotten a lot of pushback at first. It was, a, you know, especially following up with customers after hours, you know, a, a lead comes in at six 30 and they're gone for the day for our team in Reno. It was like, no question. They're on it. You know, if I'm up, you're up, let's talk. And and that was a little different. And, and really, most of them have really embraced it because they see the earning potential. You know, the right. customers respond. The sooner you respond, they respond. And when you start making more money, all of a sudden, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. And so what ends up happening, they almost pressure themselves or each other because it's like, hey, you don't want to make more money. I'll take that lead. <laughs> Time for a sponsor break. When we return... Scott talks about the most challenging part of buying the new stores and all the little things that can easily get lost in the shuffle. And finally, he answers the Spa Retailer 10. Does your spa business offer customer experience that engages and excites? Bullfrog Spas is the only hot tub manufacturing partner with a program dedicated to retail experience. Power Per Square Foot is a set of customer experience best practices designed to elevate dealership performance. With game-changing products, interactive sales tools, and step-by-step -step planning guides, Power Per Square Foot by Bullfrog Spas provides the complete package you need to succeed in today's retail environment. Visit bullfrogspas.com to learn about dealership opportunities today. What do you think has been the most challenging part of all of this for you? The unknowns, the not knowing what you don't know. 
So I guess if that's surprises or just things that, you know, it's like, oh, didn't factor that into the equation for, you know, and it's a nothing catastrophic, but there's just little things. Transitioning a business that's been around for 40 years, just, you know, vendor relationships, all of the little bills that get paid. It's not just the phone, the cable, the, you know, the garbage, the water, just all the little things that, you know, even two, three months in, it's like, oh crap, didn't even know that was an account. <laughs> sure. I mean, you, you know, you feel like you do your your due diligence and, you know, you've got everything figured out, but there are always going to be those little things that pop up that you just didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, and, or just doing it at the uh, beginning of the year, right? We officially closed uh, December 31st. So, okay. The first is a holiday. Who pays those employees? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, well, do you not even, okay. So, cause technically they all got say terminated and then rehired, but it's like, well, they always got paid for say New Year's Day before. So we made the decision to, you know what, even though it's only our second day, we'll pay you for that first, you know, that first day. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, that would, that would really not endear you to your new employees if they didn't get their paycheck that they were expecting that first check. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, those little things where it's like, you know, okay, it may cost us a little more now, but is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is that a battle you want to fight? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a good one to probably get taken care of. It, uh, you know, and then day two, you know, delivery team comes to me. I'm like, oh God, they're all going to quit. And it was like, no, it's not that, um, but we really need tires on one of the trucks and the brakes are bad on one of the other trucks. And there's a big crack in the windshield and, you know, the third truck, it, you know, would it be okay if we got those fixed? So it was, you know, just those kinds of things that's, uh, I guess, you know, management decisions that needed to be made, right? Some deferred maintenance and those um, types of things. Yeah. So Scott, are you ready for the, uh, the spa retailer 10? <laughs> Um, I mean, Jeff wants to do play like the newlywed game with you since you guys have have known each other for so well. (laughs) I was kidding, but I did think I knew that that his favorite vacation spot was one of my favorite ones, which was Cabo San Lucas. And you did agree, correct? I I do. That's what I wrote down on my notes. Uh, (laughs) My other one is Lake Tahoe, but that's not really a vacation spot because we're so close to it. And we do have a family home there. So we, we go there a lot. But it almost doesn't feel like vacation there. I, you know what? Before we ask you any more questions, though, I, I like how long have you guys known each other, Jeff and Scott? We didn't talk about that earlier. It's uh, well, like not like twenty five years. I think uh, there was one time at a Watkins meeting. He's like, "I'm sorry, what was your name again?" <laughs> <laughs> I can def- I can totally hear that coming out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, I know, I know you. Who are you again? Wait a minute. This is a funny story. How many times have you been to the city of Philadelphia? Twice. And was it really the city of Philadelphia or was it a certain town? So it was Doylestown, Pennsylvania, both times. Yep. Home of the singer Pink, Justin Guarini, James and Michener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just we just moved there. But I, I, I say that because it was so funny because when he talked about the late 90s, I'm talking to him. We had a meeting here a couple a uh, year ago. And when he was visiting, he's like, I have been to Pennsylvania twice and both times was Doylestown and one as a competitor. You were selling for Anthony Sylvan Pools Caldera before we had the brand and um, you were selling against us. And that was your first time to Pennsylvania, which was Doylestown. And then we had our, our Gemini meeting in Doylestown in the spring of 18. 
So yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. But I, I really didn't get to know you until you joined back when we went to St. Louis about what five years ago in Gemini. Yeah, or maybe six, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I lean on Jeff a lot. So your uh, energy is tremendous, and it it is motivating. And and I know sitting in that room with everybody trying new things and doing different things, it gives a lot of courage to us. But I still think you're crazy for opening up. No, I'm just kidding. You do. Yeah, it's, 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 well, I it's, think you're crazy for buying a business. So there you were even. I don't know why we talk each other out of this. That's <laughs> true. We're cellmates. <laughs> All right. So so your favorite vacation spot is Cabo. So what what would be your favorite restaurant or and or food? We'll we'll leave it kind of open. Yeah. So instead of restaurant, it would be food, and it's almost anything cooked at home on the grill right nice. just being outside barbecuing it could be vegetables it could be hot dogs i don't care yes your favorite book tv or podcast i know it's going to be the podcast but go ahead well it's your podcast <laughs> i think you're lying now stop it okay my favorite podcast isn't done anymore and it's tiki bar tv i've i've never heard of that one before what was it about every few weeks for a couple of years it was these guys dressed up in, in tiki bar kind of outfits. They had a one-eyed captain, and they would basically make a drink and do a little skit, and it was hilarious. <laughs> and you it missed that. Year for several years. Okay. Um, uh, favorite book is probably Walter Isaacson's Ben Franklin biography. Really? It fascinates me, tying back to Philadelphia. Yeah. That sounds like a thick book. It is. Well worth the read, easy read. Who was or is or would you say is your is your mentor in business or or otherwise? Oh, it's Jeff Daly. Oh, sure. <laughs> no, you can't no, say you that. Know, it's really, I've had many, but really, it's it's several members in our Gemini group, right? Have have changed my life. This sounds self serving, but my father in law, David Ingram, I lean on a lot. He's very insightful. He was um, when it comes to manufacturing and retail. Over the last forty something years, he's he's done it all. Yeah, you really married into a uh, helpful family when it comes to the hot tub business. The I think it's one of the reasons we got to keep dating because you know the dating a rep was usually frowned upon <laughs> in the business. But because I was one of his bigger dealers, he couldn't throw me out of the house necessarily either. That's amazing. <laughs> he's a great but guy he too. Uh, extra truckload i've heard some of the stories the way he treated some of her previous boyfriends and it's like oh might not have worked out now <laughs> they're a dealer <laughs> that's funny he's a good man he's he's a great guy absolutely and he's still very active in the hot tub business considering he got uh, sold his company almost 20 years ago yeah. yeah what was your first real job my first real job was selling hubcaps at a place called hubcap city <laughs> Can't make that up. That's awesome. Can't make that up. <laughs> wow. What was your, your best selling hubcap? Oh God. Um, you know, the uh probably the Buick Regal wire spoke view <laughs> covers from the late 80s. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I look at our trucks. We have a lot of new trucks and uh vehicles, and when that's one of my pet peeves is when they lose their hubcaps, and it's oh, yeah. so annoying. So well, annoying. It looks so, so terrible. Going back to the nepotism thing and marrying a rep. So my mom was the, the owner of Hubcap City. So it was like, you know, <laughs> every weekend, every day after school for, you know, my whole high school. She worked me to the bone. That is awesome. 
Do you remember what your first boss sale was? The name of the customer or what you sold them or, or any I of that? I absolutely do because um, it's not the customer name because I, I that has faded, but it was a hot spring indoor-outdoor. And the reason I remember it, because they came back in a few weeks later to buy their first thing in test strips or whatever and ask some questions. And the thing that he told me that stuck out that I still use today is that, look, I, I don't want to tell you I slept bad before, but we just sleep so well now. And that really stuck with me. And his follow-up was, we've decided a hot tub is something you can live without until you've owned one. And we don't ever see ourselves without owning a hot tub. Now that's a great first sale. That is a good first sale. You probably didn't get a whole lot of feedback like that when you were selling hubcaps. You know, other than, are these mine? Did you guys feel my (laughs) hubcaps? That's funny. Sorry, it was Jeff's turn. I almost stole oh, it. Is, it is my turn. Hey, so, uh, Scott, if you weren't doing this, what would you do? It depends. If I was retired, maybe I'd live on a beach in Cabo. Okay. But um, if it was an, at this point in time, because um, one of the things I really like, one of the reasons I think we're always trying to improve, I, I think I'd be a marketing and process consultant, right? Try to help other businesses do better. I'll tell you what, you ought, you ought to listen to the last podcast we did with um, Justin from Finn. Very fascinating, great stories, great anecdotes, and uh, really, really interesting. But yeah, that's his, that's, I could totally see that. It becomes a passion. You know, right now I'm working with a coach that's been working with Scott. She's still working with you, right? Yeah, we actually had our process meeting today. Yeah, and we just had our first one yesterday, and this is something that's going to go on for years because you never get it figured out. If No, when we signed up, it was going to be 12 to 18 months, and it's been five years. Wow. Yeah. And we love it because it keeps it, it helps keep me on track and focused and, and moving forward. Yep, absolutely. That's it. We, it's, it's pretty exciting. So we kicked it off by taking a big group out west to visit a couple of dealers. I actually want to continue doing that in the future where I can get people out to see other businesses and learn and meet people and, and do that kind of stuff to so it expands their minds about what we're doing and they can see how big, actually big our industry is. For Gemini meetings, trips are the ones we get to go visit another dealer and kind of see the inside workings as opposed to just visiting a retail store. Sure. Yeah, I love doing that. I feel I travel a lot the first quarter of 2019 and visited a lot of factories and and went to some retail stores that I've always talked to but never seen in person. And you learn so much just by walking through the door and seeing how people do things. It was it was Absolutely. it was great. Sometimes you go, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> you go, hey, this is a great idea. This next question, Megan, is a great one because you've been doing this a long time, Scott. So this will be, I look forward to the answer to this. We've been interested in asking people kind of what their biggest flop has been, whether it was an idea that you tried in your business or a product that you brought in that, that didn't work out. What is one thing that you thought this is going to, this is going to really do it for us and it just did not do what yeah, you this, hoped? This one, I, you know, there are so many little things that you think of, but carrying above ground pools, right? We have decided we are a hot tub store. We decided to sell a, an above ground style pool that was not steel wall or anything. Um, and we really didn't have a place to display them. It lasted about a year. And then we realized, you know what? We're a hot tub dealer. What year did you guys do that? That was about 1992 or three, maybe oh, okay. four. It's been so long ago that I've tried to block it out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've got swim spots, so they can kind of they can kind of take the place of they can kind of scratch your above ground pool itch. <laughs> yeah, so you know, 
to pool, my wife would say the biggest mistake was bringing in a full line of pool chemicals because um, that's not our expertise and that's not our customer base either. So I think we're still closing out certain items that we still have. We're still being bird dogged by the chemical manufacturers to do that. They sell it great. Like, oh my gosh, you have this many pools in your area and you have this and you have that, but, but nobody thinks of you for pool chemicals. So, right. Yeah, yeah. That's so not yeah. Um, our customer base, you know, and it's right. not our focus and it takes up a lot of time at the counter. For sure. All right, Megan. So we've got two left. We were almost, almost through the, through the full 10. Kind of on the flip side of what was the biggest flop, what would you say is the, the best thing or the best idea or biggest game changer you've ever made in your business? The biggest game changer in our business was really joining a Gemini group and hiring a business planning coach. It just opened up our eyes. We used to make the joke is whatever a hot tub guy tells you, you know, if I did 200 units last year, you'd cut it in half and take away two and you're probably closer. To <laughs> so getting to see kind of what other dealers really do, how they really do it, because there's not a franchise manual for our business. We're all kind of doing this on our own, trying to figure this out. So to get some guidance, be able to ask some questions, to really um, to get some inspiration, right? These guys are doing it. Why can't we go back and do it? When we say to our employees, hey, we're going to try this. It's not our fault anymore. It's like, no, these five other dealers are doing it. They're having success with it. So we're going to do it too. And that goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll take this last one. Your scariest leap of faith that you've ever taken in your business. I'm pretty sure I, I know the answer to this. It, it actually I was the catalyst for calling you for the bringing you on the podcast. But so it's not the latest acquisition. I, I really it was our first store, right? I'd never yeah. owned a business before, and and it was like it wasn't like I had a business plan. I was 23 years old, I think, and uh, you know had seven thousand dollars and a couple of credit cards I could max out. Now, did you do that by yourself? I meant to ask you that earlier. Was it, you say we? And I, and I, yeah, I, know so I had a partner for the first few years. The financial part all came from me, and we ran it as partners for four or five years. And it was just, you know, time to move on. It's one of those things where we both thought we were doing most of the work, and the other one was getting most of the benefit out of it. <laughs> That never happens in a partnership. I, I've never heard of that. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and you know, we didn't even have like a formalized partnership agreement. So it was kind of like, let's just, you know, part ways. He opened up in his own store far enough away and kind of, I've gone it alone ever since. And it really since, uh, 2000 or so with Shelly, right? We we started dating in 95, but got married in 2000. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the podcast. I mean, I feel like you've been on, or you or someone from your store has been interviewed in almost every issue of the magazine this year. So <laughs> thank you. You've been a great resource all over the map. Well, we're appreciative to even be thought of in the same breath with some of the other dealers that are in the magazine. So it's always fun to see uh, kind of fellow Gemini dealers. They seem to dominate the, the pages of, of the magazine. No. <laughs> <laughs> and That's it's going like, to be wow, edited out. At the same time they got ads. That's awesome because we don't think we're nearly as good as they are. <laughs> You know, I think that's part of the fear that drives us, right? It's not that we want to necessarily be the best. We just don't want to be the worst. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, no, it's good to hang with other people that are all trying to be the best because, and, and you, well, you know this guy, we go and we visit all these different dealers. You and I were just in Montana with Kelly's grand opening and we just get great ideas and we just, there's always things we would do differently and there's always things that we copy. No, absolutely. Like say going to the grand opening in Montana and realizing that he wasn't finished with his store when I'm in the middle of a store, right? And went there. I'm yeah. like, okay, it's okay to have a soft opening with half, not everything in place yet. Sure. <laughs> our fear was like, we have to have it all done for our grand opening. But you know what? Really, all you got to have is a few hot tubs and an open sign. 
Well, a good plan today is better than a great plan tomorrow. That's for sure. Absolutely. We, we do a lot of things like, you know, doing something poorly right away is sometimes much better than, you know, doing planning nothing. on doing something in the future. Yeah, not yep. doing anything. Thank you, Scott, so much. Appreciate it, man. Well, thank you for thinking of us. podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at SpaRetailer.com. Spa